Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. How many times in your life have you gone to Taco Bell? No, no need to answer that. You know you've gone to Taco Bell. How many times have you been at Taco Bell and you thought, oh no, I've used all these sauce packets. I wonder if they're going to end up in a landfill. Well, according to Taco Bell, 8 billion packets a year end up in a landfill and they want to do something about it. So they've decided to introduce a pilot program to see if you, the customer, will send back used sauce packets through the mail so that they can be recycled and get a second life. The scheme was first announced in April through, and I say scheme, I mean the project, (laughs) oh man, Uh, was first announced in April through a partnership with recycling company TerraCycle. Customers who eat too much Taco Bell that they accumulate piles of sauce packets will sign up for a TerraCycle account, collect their used packets in a box, and then once that box is full, print a free label to ship via UPS, and it'll come back to them, and they'll be able to recycle the packets. That's that's wonderful. Now, make sure that it's only Taco Bell packets. They don't want packets from other any of those other nasty restaurants, just Taco Bell packets. That's it. Under a best practices section, TerraCycle says participants should ship their box only once it's full of Taco Bell sauce packets. They want to minimize the transportation carbon footprint of this program. And we know that it shouldn't take long for many of you to fill that up. And you want to remove as much of the remaining sauce as possible from the packets because liquids can contaminate other materials in the recycling stream, like cardboard, and make them unrecyclable. So you could send them back thinking you do a good thing, and you're not really doing a good thing at all. Uh, Many businesses try to use their sustainability uh, in marketing to customers. Taco Bell says it hopes that by 2025, all of its packing will be recyclable, compostable, or reusable. So if you want to help Taco Bell... You can recycle those sauce packets for free by signing up for the TerraCycle recycling program. Man, now do I feel better about saving the planet. How about you? (laughs) Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. Well, for those of you listening live, today is the 13th of September, 2021. Now, just a reminder, you have 48 days until Halloween. You have 73 days until Thanksgiving. According to this list, you have 72 days until the night before Thanksgiving. I guess that's a celebration now. And you have a 103 days until Christmas. No mention if there's actually 102 days left until Christmas Eve, but I'm guessing that that is the case. So just some big days here in the near future, the ending of 2021 coming up just around the corner. You know, we talked about the Taco Bell uh, recycling program. I see where 
Samsung is doing a big recycling program where they are going to recycle their boxes, their TV boxes, and their other boxes that they ship products to homes. And if you follow the directions on these boxes, you're able to make like little stairs and little houses. <laughs> and let's hope so they don't end up in a landfill. I mean, are you going to... Okay, so it's kind of a cute little thing to be able to, you know, build with your TV box. But are you going to keep that for years or are you just going to build it so the kids can have fun with it for a couple of days and then you're going to end up, you know, putting it in the recycling bin for the landfill. So there's, you know, I don't know why that's such a big deal, but I guess it is. And we also, I mean, look, there's a paper shortage, so maybe we use it to write on, okay? Not sure if the Postal Service will deliver a piece of cardboard with a note on it, but according to this, because of the Delta variant, it has given us a shortage of paper. Not just toilet paper, but actual paper that we use from our printers. Now, we're not able to put, as far as I know, the printers that I use, you're not able to use recycled cardboard from that delivery box that you got to print stuff on, but who knows? I mean, maybe there's a million-dollar idea for you. Come up with a printer that you can use cardboard from Amazon boxes to print on. Actually, that's not a bad idea. Come up with something that'll work. And it'll be a million-dollar idea. But they're talking about now uh, booksellers are concerned that bestseller, best-selling books are going to be out of stock because there's not enough paper to print them on. Huh. Okay. So they're saying that uh, that's all because of the Delta variant and there's uh, labor and paper mills that are not working up to capacity and the shipping ports are behind so people are being told, mm, you're going to have to wait a while to get that paper delivered to your office. Okay. So I would guess, this is just a thought, and I'm not recommending this because <laughs> this is what causes paper shortages. But if you have a few, you know, stacks of paper in the office, you may want to keep them in your desk drawer instead of over there by the printer so that when you want to print something, you can put your paper in that printer and print what's needed. Because otherwise, it's going to be long gone. And it's just another excuse to raise the prices for sure. I mean, we saw where Kroger, uh, there was a big article this weekend from Kroger telling us what, you know, we already know. That beef prices have risen 14% this year. Pork prices have jumped 12.1%. Poultry prices are up almost 7%. So they're looking at, you know, uh, this inflation thing is really, really starting to get out of control. And we're just passing it along to the customer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're a business and we're not just going to absorb that cost ourselves. <laughs> See, the way business works is when we pay more, you pay more. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we didn't make $132 billion in sales last year just by absorbing the costs when we could just pass them along to you. So, hey, we got that to look forward to. Now, there is still good in the world, and there's still good in the world because of bad. Yeah, you can... <laughs> 
You can quote me on that. There's good in the world because of bad. Yeah. Uh, in Ohio, uh, Gargoyle has made a great impact on local charities. Right now, it's raised over $330,000. Frank the Christmas Gargoyle. And remember, we have 103 days until Christmas. So you've still got some time to do your own Christmas decorating and charity work. So Frank's claim to fame came around Christmas when one this lady in uh, Ohio, her neighborhood, had her gargoyle all doctored up for Christmas. And one of her neighbors, who is being called Karen in the story, yeah, I got it, okay. She sent a note complaining about Frank the gargoyle. She wanted to put uh, Frank in the garage out of sight because she thought it was unsightly and wasn't keeping with the Christmas spirit and festive. Oh, okay. So she decided to deck Frank out even more and the entire porch for that matter and took pictures of the display as well as a picture of the note that Karen sent to her, posted it on social media, and it went viral, of course, and people started donating to the Dayton Food Bank in Frank's name. And he raised 50000 in a matter of days. And as I said, they've raised over 330000 already uh, total so far since the beginning of this. That's huge. I love these gargoyles. I've always loved them. I've had a, I have a soft spot in my heart. For these gargoyles. I, at one point, I there was a house I used to drive by all the time that had this great Buddha out in the front. And I loved it. I loved driving by there and seeing this Buddha. And one day I'm driving by and the Buddha's out by the curb for the trash. They redid the front yard in front of the house and they took the Buddha out. I am not standing for that, man. I turned around, came back. I went up to the front door. I said, hey, um... I, okay, you're, you're, you're actually getting rid of the Buddha, right? Yes. Okay, I want it. All right, I'm going to go back and get my other car. At that time, I was driving a little sports car and, you know, couldn't put the Buddha in it. So I'm going to go back and get the other car and I'll come back for it. Can you tell the trash guys not to take it? And they were like, no, uh, I mean, we, do, we don't know when the trash is going to come and, you know, I don't, you know we don't want to be responsible. <sighs> All right, so. I put it in the back of my sports car. There's another story aside from that as I picked it up. It was pretty heavy. It's like this four foot high, big black Buddha. And I picked it up and put it in the, put it in the back of my sports car. And I was driving this Mazda RX-7. I've got the window open and I put it in there. And, you know, I get back in the car and I start feeling bites. They had put the Buddha on top of a fire ant mound in the, by the curb, so as I'm picking up the Buddha, I've got fire ants all over me and all over in my car. And they are, it's just, I'm being, I mean, it took a lot for me to get this Buddha. Okay. I was harmed in the taking of this Buddha, <laughs> but I had that Buddha in the backyard of my house, my one house in Florida forever. In fact, I was sad to leave it there when we moved out of that house, but I did. I, I left it in the backyard. And so I hope that the people still at this house have my black Buddha because I loved that thing. And I've got a, uh, I've got a little gargoyle guy named fetus that I've had for a thousand years longer than that Buddha. I got that at, uh, I think my brother got it at a flea market a hundred years ago. And, uh, he's been that 
fetus has been with me for a long time. If you follow me on social media, you've seen pictures of fetus uh, throughout the years. You know, with Christmas, decorated for Christmas, decorated for uh, all kinds of holidays. We keep him. He always keeps a watchful eye on the house. Now, some would say that it brought, uh, you know, not great luck. Others would say that it brought great luck. So you just take that for whatever it's worth. But I love fetus. So anyway, back to Frank the Gargoyle. Frank the Gargoyle also uh, raised money in that $330,000. It wasn't just for the uh, Dayton Food Bank. It was It's raised money for the House of Bread and Crayons to Classrooms and Hospice of Dayton. And also uh, for the Cincinnati Zoo. And the zoo actually gave this lady... Denise Starr, the owner of Frank the Gargoyle, gave her another statue, a baby Fiona statue modeled after the popular hippo born at the zoo in 2017. So now that sits along Star, alongside Frank on Star's porch. I bet you Karen is out of her mind in the neighborhood. So apparently she complained a lot at Easter. She made a comment on a note that she uh, hoped to get ants because I had peeps out there. She said, the letter said, I hope you get ants. <laughs> but uh, she doesn't write letters anymore because that letter got posted on social media too. So, you know, one would think that it's real. I want to believe this is real. I would. I don't want to believe that Denise Starr just came up with this ploy to raise money for these charities and to keep her gargoyle on the front porch. And then also to keep it going, wrote these fake letters about a complaining neighbor that could not happen, right? This is all real. And it's not just a ploy to raise money for these charities, right? Right. Of course. That's just me thinking that, that it's just a, it's just a ploy to raise money. It's a good ploy. No question. But, uh, it's not a ploy, Jeff. Neighbors were actually complaining about Frank the Christmas Gargoyle. Okay, then. then. Whatever you say is true. And I believe you. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. Well, it is that time of year again, and we have, as I said earlier, 48 days until Halloween, and every year around this time, we get companies wanting us to watch scary movies, and they'll pay us to do that. Well, this year is no difference. A finance company, Finance Buzz, is looking to hire someone to be a horror movie heart rate analyst. The person will watch 13 of the scariest movies ever made while monitoring their heart rate using Fitbit, said the company in their news release. They're going to pay you $1,300 to watch 13 scary movies in October in an effort to find out whether the size of a movie's budget impacts its effectiveness. Okay, and so what has that got to do with my heart rate? Well, they're in We'll see. In honor of the upcoming spooky season, we want to know whether or not the high-budget horror movies deliver stronger scares than the low-budget ones. You'll help us discover whether or not a movie's budget impacts just how dread-inducing it can be by wearing a Fitbit monitor. Your heart rate 
that will monitor your heart rate while you work your way through the list of 13 movies. The chosen participant is required to watch the following films between October 9th until October 18th. Don't forget, if you're listening live, today is the 13th of September. You're going to have to watch uh, Saw, Amityville Horror, A Quiet Place, A Quiet Place 2, Candyman, Insidious, The Blair Witch Project, Sinister, Get Out, The Purge, Halloween, the 2018 version, Paranormal Activity, and Annabelle. Now, they're going to provide uh, the person who they decide gets to do this with a Fitbit tracker, along with $1,300 and a $50 gift card to cover the rental costs of the Fright Fest. Now, you still can, you can fill out the form. There's a link here in the story to fill out the form. I'll tweet it out at Jeffy, J-F-R, but it's financebuzz.com slash get-paid-to-watch-scary-movies. And you can sign up and see if you can be the one to get the $1,300. All these movies are okay. Uh, sadly, <laughs> sadly, I think I have seen them all. Uh, Saw, Amityville Horror, Quiet Place, Quiet Place 2, Candyman, Insidious, Blair Witch Project, Sinister, Get Out, The Purge, Halloween, 2000 Paranormal Activity, Annabelle. Yeah, I think I have. And uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know which one I would think would actually be the scariest. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. Because Saw, I don't know that it's scary more along the lines of, holy crap, I wouldn't want that to happen. Whereas like Amityville Horror, Blair Witch Project was, I guess, kind of scary at the time. The Purge is another one where it's not, I don't know that it's scary, but it's like, holy crap, would I do that if that happened in the world? Could that happen? I guess. I don't know. I don't know. that's That's a tough that's a tough call. Anyway, good luck if you want to uh, do it. It might's well worth the money. I mean, thirteen hundred bucks to watch thirteen movies. Yeah, I could do that. So those of you that follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR, Facebook and Instagram as Jeff Fisher Radio, and uh, if you follow me on those social media accounts, and you can always you know follow me on my YouTube channel, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher as well. Uh, and if you're listening to this and you're not a subscriber to Chewing the Fat podcast. Uh, you need to turn your life around and become a subscriber. Okay. I'm just saying, um, Lana Del Rey, you know, where you love her. She says she's deleting all of her social media accounts because she needs privacy and transparency. Now, I don't know, you know, good for her. If she wants to delete all her social media accounts, good for her. But she said in a video on Saturday that she's going to be deleting all her accounts The musician said she wants to seek more privacy and focus on other interests. And she assured fans, look, I'm going to continue to work on my music and poetry and my favorite more. And she announced she's going to be quitting all of her social media accounts because uh, she just just can't do it anymore. You know, you don't have to actually go on them all the time to use them. Now she has 20 million followers on Instagram and she's just going to say goodbye to them. That seems to me like that's an awful lot of money. It seemed to me that someone in her management team would go, um, Lana, maybe we ought to not delete all these 
Maybe we might ought to just use them to, you know, promote our stuff. <laughs> I know you want to work on your other music and your artwork and, of course, more. But uh, maybe you don't want to just tell your 20 million followers to take a hike. Okay? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe you tell your 20 million followers on Instagram that, hey, I'm going to be doing some other things and I'll post a picture of some artwork every now and then. Or I'll, I'll tell you when I'm going to be performing. Or I'll tell you when I have a new album coming out. Or I'll give you a little a little snippet of stuff I've been working on every so often, but I just can't do it all the time and every day. But that 20 million followers seems to be an awful lot just to poof, go away. It's an awful lot of money. It's not all about money, Jeff. It's about, you know, letting yourself be free. And I've just got to focus on other interests. Okay, Lana, you got it, man. Good luck. God bless. So I see tomorrow Apple is going to hold its uh, fall hardware event where it's expected to introduce the new iPhone 13, the new Apple watches and AirPods, and of course my favorite again, and more. So you've got that to look forward to from Apple. I'm not an Apple user. I'm one of those nasty Android users, but uh, there's plenty of Apple users out there, so you've got that to look forward to. I don't know if Apple will actually be talking about the story that broke that talked about motorcycle vibrations can degrade iPhone camera performance. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Look, if you're riding a a motorcycle, you know, specifically those generated, generate high power engines, you know, like all of them, they could degrade the device's camera system. So if you have an iPhone and you ride a motorcycle and you mount it on your motorcycle and you, you know, you usually the vibrations that are transmitted on the handlebars and the chassis, maybe you ought to make sure that you have a vibration dampening mount to lessen the risk to the phone and its camera system and avoiding prolonged regular use of an iPhone mounted to a vehicle that produces lower amplitude vibrations is also a good idea. Oh, so I should not mount it to anything or avoid lower (laughs) amplitude vibrations. I should avoid all amplitude vibrations to be able to use my iPhone camera. Well, it comes with its own optical image stabilization. So it's allowing you to take sharp photos, even if you accidentally move the camera. So you want to make sure that you have that. I'm sorry. What's it called again? Um, vibration dampening mount. That's probably, <laughs> I'll just leave that there. That's probably a good uh, recommendation for life. Make sure that you use a vibration dampening mount. So now it looks as though as if the FBI is involved in the investigation into the massive loss of the city of Dallas's data, which is, uh, you know, the police files that were lost. We talked about that. It, uh, 
they've revealed now about 22 terabytes of data were deleted when a worker was moving files earlier this year. Oops. Oh, did I click the wrong button? No, we talked about that. Now he has been fired. According to this story, that employee has been fired. Uh, really? Yeah. And they don't know if he did it on purpose or not. The Dallas police said their investigation into the employee could neither prove or disprove whether the employee had criminal intent. So maybe there was something in the 22 terabytes of data that uh, were deleted uh, because he wanted them to be deleted or got paid to delete them. I, you know, who knows? But the FBI is now uh, investigating. A lot of the data is unrecru- unrecoverable and is impacting ongoing cases. So, oops, sorry. Yeah, we don't have the stuff we needed. So you can you can go ahead and go free, okay? But that's awful nice of the FBI to assist the Dallas police, and they're looking into it, and they're providing technical assistance to the Dallas PD. And the city is now searching for an outside firm other than the FBI to conduct an investigation into the data loss. So we'll see what happens with that. And speaking of the Dallas Police Department, I see where they have one officer under an investigation now because apparently he saw a cat. He was called to a house uh, on a domestic violence call and he saw a cat in distress and physically killed the animal. (laughs) Oh, okay. Thank you, officer. Appreciate it. So I don't know how he killed it, uh, we don't know why the cat was in distress, but I'm not sure that it's up to the police officer to kill him. Uh, maybe the police officer, I don't know, calls the animal control, maybe gets a vet involved, something. But instead, the Dallas police officer said, you know, that cat, that's not going to make it. So we're just going to go ahead and kill it. <laughs> oh, okay. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm okay with the you know, oh, stop it. But he, uh, he probably, and this is just a you know thought off the top of my head, he probably shouldn't have killed the cat. It's just me thinking out loud. I mean, we saw the cat yesterday, the viral video of the cat falling from the upper deck at the Miami football game this weekend, and fans were all excited and looking at it and yelling and hollering and other fans grabbed an American flag and did a safety catch. And then they caught, they saved the cat from crashing into the seats and then they grabbed the cat, which really is a mistake. They should have just let it go, but no, they grabbed it and the cat was not having none of that. I mean, it's a, if the cat has been living in the stadium, I'm guessing the cat has been living in the stadium. Just nobody bring, nobody's going to bring their cat to the football game. Are they? So maybe the cat, you know, snuck into the stadium, has been there for a while. I don't know if, I mean, other fans would have known if it's been there for a while, had they seen it, you know, oh yeah, we see that cat uh, every weekend when we come to the stadium, he's been here for the last two years. I don't know. Maybe he belonged to one of the cleaning crew. I don't know, but uh, they caught him and saved his life. But in Dallas, we've got the cops that saying, Ooh, yeah, that, uh, Looks like a cat in distress. I'm going to go ahead and kill it. A lot happened at the stadium. I'm big, seeing all the fans at the stadiums for college and NFL football games the last couple of weekends have been awesome in my mind. I, I love it.
I saw the footage of the pipe bursting at the Washington game, the Washington football team game. I guess that's FedEx Field, where the video showed this pipe busting and water or some kind of goo falling from this pipe all over these fans. Now, on the video, they say it's sewage. (laughs) That would be nasty nobody wants a giant sewage pipe spilling all over them but apparently it wasn't sewage now they claim that it was just a pipe that was connected to the rainwater storage tanks and that's the one that broke so it was it was just stagnant rainwater it wasn't raw sewage now again that's what the you know you hear that on the one viral video but the team denies it and after that the team put the fans that were in this area in a, a suite and there was no report that all these people smelled like poop all afternoon that would really uh you can quote me on this but that would stink speaking of stinking did you see where uh hollyfield uh evander hollyfield uh went down in the first round in his fight against uh belfort i know he took the place of what's his face oscar de la hoya who was in the hospital with covid and couldn't do the fight this was originally supposed to take place in california california wouldn't okay hollyfield stepping in so they moved it to florida and they had the fight there first round uh have a nice day uh, hollyfield goes down uh he was uh he went down he was knocked out he then he didn't land a single punch and then he got up he seemed to be okay but the ref was like nah, nah, nah it's over have a nice day so there are plenty of people saying "Ooh, this kind of matches should not have happened but well, you know, what's he going to do? He needs the money. He's out there working. And part of the deal was that Trump was there and Trump was announcing junior was there. He was part of the, part of the team as they were talking pre-fight and the fights. And, uh, it was there. The crowd was cheering. We love Trump. And it was uh, pretty incredible, uh, to see it happen uh, down in Florida. And, uh, I tell you one thing, and this is just me thinking off the top of my head. I watched a two-minute video, just two minutes, of Trump before the Hollyfield fight, after the other uh, uh, warm-up fights. And in those two minutes, there's no way that President Joseph Robinette Biden could sit there in that crowd and just talk boxing. It just isn't. It's just not. It just couldn't happen. He can barely talk about what he knows about, let alone what he does. It's just... Uh, it's just me talking, thinking out loud that you're never going to see, uh, never going to see that happen at all. But uh, Evander Holyfield, woo, dude, what are you doing? He was uh, under the Thriller Fight Club banner in uh, Hollywood, Florida, but uh, Belfort uh, first round TKO. <laughs> so I said Holyfield didn't land a punch. I'm sorry, I apologize. He landed one punch. And so that was uh, that was the end of that fight. So according to this review, Hollyfield was uh, doing little more than eating punches, which is never good if you're in the boxing ring, by the way. By the way. And uh, the referee stepped in and said, ooh, nope, 
We're done. Have a nice day. Hollyfield was like, no, no, no. What are you doing? It's too early. It's an early stoppage. And according to this, uh, this reviewer, most watching, which I did not watch, uh, probably thought it should have been over. I wish I would have watched it though. Would have been worth seeing. And, uh, so I apologize for not watching the Hollyfield fight and, uh, and watching Donald Trump and junior as they talked boxing in Hollywood, Florida. So now we have gorillas at the zoo at Atlanta. These are the lowland gorillas at zoo atlanta they have tested positive for covid19 yes you got it so the animals uh, were tested after employees saw some of them coughing they're having nasal discharge showing changes in appetite and so they were tested and they tested positive the affected gorillas are now being treated with antibodies and the samples from the zoo's entire gorilla population have been taken for testing. So the zoo plans to continue to test the animals regularly. The teams are monitoring that and they believe that these gorillas became infected. They're not sure. Yeah, they don't know. Now, sure, they could have they could have gotten COVID-19 from one of the fully vaccinated asymptomatic COVID positive employee who was wearing personal protective equipment, which is standard practice when working with great apes. Wait, what? Yeah, it may have been passed to the animals by a fully vaccinated, asymptomatic, COVID-positive employee. (laughs) Yeah, you're asymptomatic, you've got COVID. Go ahead and put your suit on and go feed the apes. I'm sorry, gorillas. Don't worry about it, okay? Now, it says in the story, humans are known to be able to transmit the virus to animals such as gorillas and These cases have occurred at other zoos. There is currently no data to suggest that the zoo animals can transmit the virus to humans. Oh, okay. So visitors do not pose a transmission threat to gorillas or vice versa, given the distance between the areas used by guests and other animals. So if you go to Zoo Atlanta, I may make sure you stand back a ways from the gorilla cage. It's all, especially the lowland gorilla cage but you probably will anyway because they're not going to be out they're going to be coughing and hacking and in the back of the gorilla compound so you'll be fine don't worry about it and they can't pass it to you anyway at least there's no evidence that there's no credible evidence that that can happen so shut up and one of the things that we didn't talk about uh, last week when our president spoke about his uh new covid requirements the vaccine requirements well, we failed to mention that he's going to spend $2 billion on 280 million rapid COVID tests and distribute them to facilities across the country. So they've uh, the White House has inked an agreement with Walmart, Amazon, and Kroger to sell tests at cost. Oh, that's so special. Now, they're only going to do that for the next three months, but it's going to be at cost for the next three months. So you still have to pay for it. But it's going to be a cost. So, gosh darn it, Walmart and Amazon and Kroger are just giving it to you almost for free. Well, I mean, it's not free, but almost for free. So, rather than having a health professional 
swab you and uh, get the results. You can do it at home by yourself and get the results in less than an hour. At home rapid tests, known as antigen tests, are, according to experts, less reliable than the lab-based PCR test, but experts say they can be an extremely useful tool for allowing life to proceed semi-normally. Isn't that special? Problem is that uh, the U.S. over-the-counter rapid tests are expensive and scarce. Uh, Abbott Laboratories sells a two-pack for 24 bucks. Uh, Quidel's Quick View sells a test for $15, but even if you're willing to shell out for one, good luck finding one because they're mostly uh, unavailable at the pharmacy and they're sold out online. Now, we know that uh, 8,000 students stayed at home after testing positive using the rapid antigen swab test that allowed, uh, according to this story, well, these 8,000 stayed home, but 180,000 classmates were able to continue to go to school and avoid quarantining. Oh, okay, well, that's good. Germany has distributed free tests since the winter, and UK pharmacies are also handing out free tests. Even India, which has fewer resources than the U.S., I mean, aren't we sending them all kinds of vaccines? Anyway, they're selling their rapid tests for $3.50. So you'll be able to get yours for... 24 bucks, or at cost from Walmart, Amazon, and Kroger. So quit your whining. Man, just get the test, okay? And if you don't go to Walmart, Amazon, or Kroger, you can get the other ones there for 24 bucks. They'll give you two little swabs. It's only 12 bucks a swab. But the, you know, the Quick View sells one, that one for 15 bucks. So you got that. And, uh, you'll be able to test at home. That's good. That's good. It's going to cost you, the taxpayer, $2 billion to have Walmart, Amazon, and Kroger sell it to you at cost, which is special. Another thing that's special is our very own Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy, uh, said this past weekend that businesses are actually relieved that they are going to be forced to impose vaccination on their employees under President Biden's mandate. (laughs) Wait, what? Yes, they're actually relieved. Oh, okay. Really? Yes. Uh, Man, we, uh, as a business, if you own a business and you have more than 100 employees and you have to, you know, mandate your employees get vaccinated you're relieved that you have the government because they you want your employees vaccinated and we need to make this happen oh what about um the times when you said you weren't going to mandate and it really is you know not constitutional look um this is just a necessary step to get to the next phase Yeah, I believe that. I do believe that. (laughs) I believe that that's exactly true. This is also a necessary step to get to the next phase. Yes, I do believe that, Mr. Surgeon General. And what do you think that next level is? I mean, we have hospitals now pausing baby deliveries. And I know that was the big 
Oh, they're pausing baby deliveries. Well, really, the reason that they're pausing baby deliveries is because 30 of these nurses, more than 30 actually, that quit the hospital because they were given vaccination mandates resigned. And over 30 of these hospital workers who resigned were from the maternity ward. So the hospital just didn't do it because of COVID. The hospital did it because employees quit because they did not want to be uh, given the vaccine. Just amazing. And some of the threads this weekend over these hospital workers was incredible beating up our frontline workers that were heroes just a few months ago. And now these bastards won't get the vaccine. We need to get wipe them off the face of the earth. So just shut up and get vaccinated. But until they get workers in our hospitals, uh, they can't deliver babies. Now, you know, the joke is, oh, you tell that to the mothers. Well, yeah. I mean, if you were to come in the ER, I'm guessing that, you know, your baby will be born <laughs> and, you know, you'll be able to, you know, be shipped upstairs to the maternity ward. But they're just not going to any of your, any of the uh, prego docs are going to be, you need to go to someplace else. Don't bring them here. You, uh, you still have your, your rights here at this hospital, but yeah, don't bring your patients here. Okay. You're going to, you're going to take them to someplace else to have your baby, have them at your office, have them at another hospital, whatever, just not here. So the ones who are still undecided at the hospital, you know, they all have until September 27th to receive a first dose of a COVID-19 vaccine. But many of these members who resigned, not only these nurses, but clinical positions, uh, therapists and technicians. So 27% of the facility's workforce have yet to be vaccinated against COVID-19. So there have been 464 workers who have received the vaccine, according to this news report of this hospital in New York, Lewis County general hospital uh it's just really strange that we're going to be doing that the thread was many people saying oh good i don't want these nurses who aren't vaccinated taking care of my baby um okay um uh, who do you we just want vaccinated people and if you're not vaccinated then you should be wiped off the face of the earth go be okay so we're close to that we're close to really uh dividing where people go there's going to be uh ooh, don't go to that hospital nobody is vaccinated there those are the unvaxxed people we're there we're close you're going to have hospitals for the vaccinated and all the people who are vaccinated and you're going to have hospitals for the unvaccinated now personally i just want to go where the best medical professionals are so if that is people who don't get the vaccine, so be it. It's okay with me. I'm just incredible. And I see these stories and it makes me angry that I got the vaccine. Because <laughs> now, uh, I mean, I'm almost, right? I got, I think I have a few more days and then I'm 100% vaccinated because it's two weeks after your second dose. So, uh, you know, I have until the end of this week and then I'm 100% vaccinated under the you know vaccine 
laws, rules, and regulations. But uh, I really, I really am kind of mad at myself for getting it. I know, I know. I'm glad I did. I'm in the window. I get it. And it doesn't, you know, I didn't have any reactions that I know of, really. I mean, I've, I guess I was, you know, my arm was sore, maybe a little foggy, but I don't really, you know, I didn't have any illness or side effects like that. I didn't grow a third tail, but uh, I didn't grow a third eye. <laughs> I didn't grow a third ear. Uh, I may have grown another toe. I've got to look down there and see. But uh, you go ahead and write your own jokes. But uh, I, it just it makes me angry that I got it because I, I feel like, ah, bastards but i did get it technically technically i did get it before it was mandated so you can't put me in the oh you just got it because it was mandated no i didn't so i could go anywhere yet okay i can you can't stop me well you know unless you're another country unless i wanted to travel you know to the netherlands or sweden or italy they're gonna let me in they're not listening to the EU, but there are plenty of countries that are saying, oh, yeah, no, you, uh, the U.S. is high risk. Um, can I go to Israel? Yeah, you, Kosovo, because I want to go to Kosovo. Man, do I want to go to Kosovo. No, uh, U.S. is high risk. What about Lebanon, Montenegro, North Macedonia? Those are all places on my list. No, those are uh, high risk yeah, for the U.S. Uh, coming into those countries, no, you can't. We don't want you in there. Now, you can go to some countries if you're fully vaccinated, but you still have to quarantine for 10 days. Wait, what? Yeah, we're, we'll let you in, no problem. But uh, you have to quarantine for 10 days. And you know what? Uh, you're going to have to uh, test negative as well. But if you're fully vaccinated, we're going to let you in. Wait, is that why i'm fully vaccinated it's okay yeah i know but gee. i mean here in america we're 51 percent. i think now right we're of, of fully vaccinated 100 percent vaccinated over 50 percent of the total population and it's got to be we got to be close to 60 or 70 percent of at least one shot and we're still high risk that just doesn't actually seem right if the vaccine was doing what it's supposed to do. And nowhere does anyone talk about stay healthy, be strong, eat the right foods, eat the right vitamins. I was looking at, uh, there's some new places now that are giving people vitamin drips. And, uh, you know, that might actually be something to look into. I may have to go into, uh, I might have to do a chewing the fat deep dive into uh, vitamin drips and other kind of drips that you can help get through life on. <laughs> yeah, that's coming up. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.